So do you think uh, reading comics can uh, give you smarter? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. definitely. Um, comics, I read books now because mm. of comics. I was a reluctant reader growing up. I didn't like reading. Um, I went through, you know, at any chance growing up, I, I wanted to get away from reading. Um, I went through all of high school without reading any of the textbooks that we were supposed to read. Um, just skipped it all. And, um, but then when I discovered comics and graphic novels and stuff like that, I started reading them because I didn't feel like reading. It wasn't as, you know, it wasn't as scary, you know, it's the page of writing. There's still like images and stuff with it as well. And from there, I, that's how I basically um, learnt to read better. And mm-hmm. then from there, now I read novels. Like, um. A kangaroo fern production. Welcome, Welcome to Gorilla Podcast. Fresh eyes. The beat that makes you feel good. A weekly podcast that features interviews with social change leaders or individuals that aims to bring audiences good stories to motivate their own social impact efforts. Now, here's your host. Hello, Humanista. This is Miko Santos from The Side Trip, and welcome to Guerrilla Podcast, Fresh Eyes. For this episode, we are discussing, discussing about superheroes and comics. Who is the oldest superhero? What is the most expensive comic book? I've been a fan of comic and cartoons since early years, so I used to watch when I was seven years old. I was... <laughs> used to watch the Japanese uh, cartoons like the Voltusfied, Diamond, uh, Diamos, Mazinger Z, and of course the Gundam Wing, one of my favorite one. And during the high school days, I loved reading Detective Comics and the Batman Legend of the Dark Knight. So whoever era, it's 90s, 80s, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> It's, a, it's all about comics and what is the social impact of comics to our daily lives today. I say, if you're, if you're watching some previous Spider-Man movies, with a great power comes with great responsibility. For today's episode, we're lucky enough, we have Dan McGuinness, yep. who is the owner of one of the... One of the co-owner. Co-owner, okay, <laughs> co-owner of Greenlights Comics mm-hmm. that is based in Adelaide, South Australia. Hello, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. How's your day today? We had a busy day. Busy, busy day. day. Coming up to Christmas, man. There's lots of people want their want their comics. By the way, who's your favorite superheroes? My favorite superhero is um, a character called Invincible. He's from um, uh, Image Comics, and he's created by. Uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Robert Kirkman. He's the guy who created The Walking Dead and stuff like that. So, I, yeah, I, I really, really, really love Invincible. That's mm-hmm. my favorite character. So some people today, especially the millennial, mm-hmm. which is 2000 up, who born, yep, they don't know because usually now it's all digital now. So what what is comics? Oh, comics are, I know, like the world is digital, but comics still um, are... Still, the majority of people who read comics do prefer to read them, uh, with, you know, in real life, if you will. There are a lot of people that do get, like, the apps and stuff like that, but we find a lot of people will come in, if they read it on the app, they'll come in and then they'll buy the ones that they really like. And there are a lot of people I know that just don't like reading comics digitally. For some reason, comics just don't meld very well reading them digitally. 
I mean, there is all the stuff with the scanlations and stuff like that. And, and but yeah, the majority of the people that we, well, of course, we deal with, like like they're they're brick and mortar comics. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think is the role of the comics right now in digital era? Um, I think the era. the role of comics in digital era. At the moment, I think it's mostly like the big digital comics and stuff like manga and stuff like that. Um, there is like comicologies um, uh, and uh, yeah, all these like comic, um, you know, apps and stuff. Apps, Marvel yeah. has an app, DC has an app and stuff like that. Um, but I feel a lot of their stuff is released digitally. They do it a bit later than they bring it out on the books to give the books like, you know, some time to come out. But um, at the moment, yeah, we don't get... Um, not many of my customers do quite a lot of comics digitally kind of thing. But then you get the other side of it, you get stuff like webcomics. So webcomics are super popular, like stuff. And then um, eventually a webcomic, you know, people will follow the artist, they'll follow the writer, and eventually they become so popular that they just get printed by, like, you know, one of the companies, usually Image or something like that. So you've got that side of it. More the creator-owned, up-and-coming stuff is usually digital, but you, the more traditional, like, superheroes and, you know, bigger companies are always just doing um, a, a paper print. So what do you think the future of comic stores like this? Like on, this one? On, on, on the era of digital um, and social media as well. I think there will always be comic stores, um, mainly because the publishers who create comics push them so hard because that's where a lot, the majority of their sales come from is um, through the, the sale of books. Even if it's books through, you know, like Amazon and stuff like that, but they, it's still like people buying the book. So... The future of comic shops, I think, will always be there because the publishers who make the comics really need the comic shops. Um, so they support us a lot. And, and um, so I don't think we're going anywhere. Um, the, the threat of digital, everything going digital, has been around for like... It, it's, it's almost to the point where it peaked and now it's coming back down. So I think the comic shops are, always, are pretty safe. So, um, yeah, but yeah, it, the digital stuff has been like around for like 10 years now, so... And the comic shops are all still here. I mean, Adelaide's quite a small city and we've got like three comic shops here. So that's pretty good. So do you think uh, reading comics can give uh, you smarter? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> definitely. Um, comics, I read books now because mm -hmm. of comics. I was a reluctant reader growing up. I didn't like reading. Um, I went through, you know, at any chance growing up, I, to, I wanted to get away from reading. Um, I went through all of high school without reading any of the textbooks that we were supposed to read. Um, just skipped it all. And um, But then when I discovered comics and graphic novels and stuff like that, I started reading them because I didn't feel like reading. It wasn't as, you know, it wasn't as scary, you know, as the page of writing. There was still like images and stuff with it as well. And from there, I, that's how I basically um, learnt to read better. And mm -hmm. then from there, now I read novels. Like, um, there are lots and lots and lots of um, schools and libraries now that are using graphic novels for, um, to get kids to read. We sell a, a massive amount of our sales are to um, libraries and schools who mm -hmm. want to get... Um, uh, basically, they've just realised that reading is reading. You know what I mean? Like... It doesn't matter how you're reading, those words in the speech bubbles are still proper grammar. They're still um, words and stuff like that. They're still narration boxes. You still have to use your imagination. Um, it's, um, it's just another way of telling a story. So, so comics now from, from print to digital to movies right now. Mm. So why do you think 
the comic is more the superheroes is more popular now. They converted to movies. Um, they don't really. Um, so superhero films weren't that popular around about fifteen years ago. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were always around, but they weren't that popular. Then Disney bought Marvel, mm-hmm. and they created the Marvel Studios, and they decided that they were going to like. Obviously, they, they wanted to make really good films because that's what they do. And they did that by sticking really close to the original storylines and content that the original um, comics were about. Where other times, you know, there'd been all superhero movies like a Superman movie or a, a Spider-Man thing, but they would just change it and do or do whatever or executives would come in and, you know, change a lot of stuff. Where Disney gave the writers and the directors a lot of freedom, I think, with their writing and... But then they also wanted to keep it quite close to the original content that it was based in. And then all of a sudden, it just became, you know, these movies started to get more and more popular. And more and more and more people started to see them. Now to the point, these films, you all know, these films are so popular that usually every summer blockbuster is a superhero film. That means that superhero films are making the most amount of money in the world. I think actually uh, Avengers um, Infinity War, was that? Mm-hmm. Like, that has officially now made the most amount of money of any film of any time, which is, and it's a comic book movie. So naturally, comic book sales have increased because of this popularity boost in your superhero movies. Places like us can really feel like the 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 um the the popularity boost of these characters. And so they're different readers though. These are more people that want to read the graphic novels as opposed mm-hmm. to the floppy issues. So they're coming in as people who haven't been into comic books before. They're coming in and they're like, I would like to read a Thor story or I would like to read a Spider Man story. And they don't want to collect month by month. They just want to grab their comic now, their graphic novel, and go home. And so, yeah, a lot of the graphic novels now and collections are becoming a lot more popular than the issues. Why do you think superheroes are very important in our society? Um, superheroes are, yeah, I, I do think they are important in society. They do, um, they lend very good messages to, to younger people, um, you know, always do the right thing, always be honourable, always, you know, uh, protect people that are weaker, um, and all those kind of like, you know, moral things that you, everyone should have in them and it should be instilled in them from a very young age. So superheroes do that job really well. Um, so that is, is quite important. Um, on the other hand, though, I think that like for the younger uh, readers as well, there's a whole bunch of like other stuff out there. Because superheroes become more popular, the, the actual it's expanding out into like more and more like different uh, universes and things. And now you have not just superheroes, you have sci-fi, you've got fantasy, you've got horror, you've got younger readers stuff, you've got every, every genre now is covered in graphic novels, which is really interesting and cool, like, like normal books. <laughs> so what do you think, why the comics mm-hmm. can shape the society? Whoa, I don't know. <laughs> is that because of the superhero, the, the story that comics give to our reader? I don't know if... So you're saying do comics shape society as society, a whole? As a whole one? I don't know if they're that powerful yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, definitely films and, and um, I know the, the Marvel films and the Marvel studios have definitely shaped a whole mm-hmm. new generation of readers and, um, and how people see superheroes. No, superheroes now are no longer, you know, like back in the day. People used to read comics, uh, you know, like you're saying, like your early comics. And the people who read them always considered, you know, like they might be a nerd or, you know, yeah, yeah. 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 Or, you know, like, you know, they're not cool or that. Now everyone reads comics. So 
it's not just like the nerdy kids. Now like the cool kids, like adults. We have, um, uh, you know, adults come in. Mum and dads come in and buy graphic novels. We've got a nana that comes in every week and drops like a hundred bucks on graphic novels that she mm. orders in. So they're quite powerful now as in like, <laughs> they're quite powerful now as in their, um, they are really aimed towards and really appealing to a wider range of people. Yeah, so I remember it used to be in the nineties when, when I reading, I used to have need to go online to get like the dead of the Superman. So, yeah. so not all people during that time recommended comic. They say, "What's that? Can you can you learn something on a comic? It's all graphics." But now everyone, yeah, it's. Well, it's definitely, yeah, you often, I, I've come across that before as well with dealing with schools. You get some teachers um, who will be like, if kids are reading comics, they're not, their mind isn't stimulated. And I really don't think that's true because you have like, you have your panels, you know, your panels, mm-hmm. and then you have your gutters in between. And that is where the magic of comics happens. So as your eyes go across one panel to the next, your mind turns on and goes into like turbo mode to create these micro micro stories of how these two images relate to each other to tell a story. So your mind's doing that in between every single panel. Then you've got your your dialogue and your speech bubbles that you're dealing with, and then you've got your sound effects that you're dealing with, and then you've got your graphics. So all that is getting combobulated together to tell a story. There is no way in the world that you your mind is super switched on when you're reading comics. You're getting like all your senses like cr- to create the story. It's very cool. So what do you think? So because I'm watching, right? I'm watching the if you know the CW channel in the US, mm-hmm. they create this is they're creating an infinite crisis, infinity crisis. Yeah, I right. Mean, have you heard that the episode that they're making it from the Flash, from the Superman, they're creating a new. Yeah, so CW stuff like Flash, Arrow, and all yeah. stuff like that. Yep, they're gonna do. Like so they're that. gonna do. Well, they didn't do very well with Flashpoint. <laughs> that elsewhere, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, they could do that. Uh, in, in Infinity Crisis and Crisis on Infinite Earth and all that kind of stuff, Final Crisis, all the crises. Yep. They'll be really hard to do. Mm-hmm. They could do it and, I, I, you know, they can do it because I, I thought that they couldn't create a, a good superhero uh, movie franchise and they've done it. Mm-hmm. You know, they, the Marvel Universe has like, knocked it out of the park. DC still, you know, licking their wounds. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, nah, the... Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know how they're going to go with it. Like, with it yeah, yeah like, it's going to be a hard slog. It's not an easy story to tell because uh, Brandon Roth, the Superman Return, mm-hmm. they're going to be put uh, as a Superman again on on that television show as well. Yeah, right. So it's much interesting. So he go back as a Superman again. I wonder who Batman's going to be. Uh, it's only. I think could be like, anyone. Yeah, it could be anyone. <laughs> these days, Batman's a yeah. dime a dozen. Yeah, <laughs> anyone can be Batman. So, what is your main motivation on, as a co-owner, setting up this store, the Green Lights comic? Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now, back to the show. My main, uh, so, my vibe and the vibe that all of us wanted to do was that we wanted to create a really accessible comic shop. Um, one that wasn't scary, 
because mm. a lot of people, a lot of comic shops are boys clubs, you know what I mean? And we wanted to make it inviting to everyone. So we went out and thought about it a lot and we decided to, instead of um, having our books in publisher, we decided to have them in genre, like um, like a normal bookshop or a video <laughs> shop. It was actually based on a video shop. <laughs> so we have our genres of horror, as I said, fantasy and science fiction. So if someone's coming in and they don't know anything about comics, but they know what they like. So if you say, I'll say to someone, what do you like? Do you like science fiction and that? And they're like, oh, yeah. They've just got a whole section there in alphabetical order of all the good science fiction stuff. Our other model was that we wanted to have um, more killer and no filler, as in like we really wanted to curate down our collection into just the really good books and they're going to last the time and that. And then we, um, we – so we will always have a volume one in stock if there are other volumes, we leave it up to the customer We have uh, to order in. And, then for, and to do that, we created a really good membership system that we could um, – a digital membership system that locks into all, um, you know, of, uh, with our distributor and everything like that. So if you order stuff in, it never gets missed and stuff like that, which is always one of the hard things to run a comic shop. And I still reckon we have hardly ever missed anything in like the three or four years that we've been open for anyone, which is really good. <laughs> what, do you know what's an expensive comic? What, what is the most expensive comic? Yeah. So you have to go back pretty far with that kind of thing. I think at the moment um, Amazing Fantasy, number one, is mm-hmm. the most expensive comic um, and only people like Nicolas Cage and mm. those you know crazy superstars have them. It's selling in the millions. Um, I, I don't quote me on this, but it's, I, I think the last time I heard it moved was for like $1.2 million Whoa. or something like that. I think I might be mm. completely 100% wrong. That the action one of Superman? Yeah, action one. That's the other one. Um, So that's more the DC side. DC side, yeah. Yeah, and then Amazing Fantasy is like the first appearance of Spider-Man, I think. Are you Marvel or DC? I'm Image. (laughs) (laughs) I love Image. Just on the safe side. (laughs) Remember Image stuff back in the 90s? It was like Spawn and that, and then they went away. And then they came back powerful with stuff like Saga and Mm. like all these things. And Saga is our highest selling graphic novel in the shop. uh, Easy. Um, it's such a chronically good series and anyone who can read it, even if you're not into comics, you can read Saga. Oof, that's, yeah, so Image, that's a different one from DC and Marvel. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> di- very different. They're all, so their their vibe is that everything's creator-owned. Hmm. So if you create something for Image, then you own the right. So if you go, if, if then, see, and then a, a TV company comes to you and goes, we'd like to make a TV show out of it, as the creator, you get all the, the rights and the money out of it. So you own your your IP when you create stuff for Image. Yeah. I was waiting for a long time to... Hopefully, there's going to be another movie of Spawn because the last one, the first one, is not... I totally, lo- it's not on I the loved, comics. I loved it as a kid, though. Yeah, I thought it was great fun. <laughs> so, I watched it, it recently, and I'm like, oh, my God, this has the worst graphic. Yeah. It looks like a bad cutscene from a video game. So, Totally but yeah, I would love a good new Spawn film, yeah. but it would have to be rated R. Like yeah. it, its whole vibe was so gnarly. Like, and that's where Image came in, and they were just creating these real gnarly comics for like you know teenagers, and that, that was in the huge comic boom as well. There was a gigantic one, which I don't think will ever happen again. Where comic, even comic writers and the illustrators were superstars. Liefeld, um, Robert Liefeld was advertising jeans for like mm. Levi's and stuff on television, like. That's not going to happen again. As <laughs> a comic creators, <laughs> so in Adelaide right now. So what? What is the community of comics in Adelaide? The guy, as in the creators, the creators. There is a huge community um, of Adelaide comic creators. It's um, a it's 
It's been growing and growing for years. In fact, we've got a whole section dedicated to just local comics, um, and they're all real good comic graphic novels. Like, like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now, back to the show. Hello. Um, and yeah, lots of people come from interstate and they're just like, they're amazed about how good the Adelaide local comic scene is. They have a whole bunch of, um, there's, there's a whole bunch of like, uh, events and stuff that they do. I think there's one coming up re- uh, soon called um, Xena, Xena Warrior Print Fest or something. Mm-hmm. Zine Warrior, Warrior Print Fest. Or <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, it's not, I, I think that's his name. Yeah, there's, there's, it's a really, really good community of creators here there is a um an event um once a month called um comics with friends and strangers held um i think it's a box factory still and that i think 40 creators go to that every month to do drawings and there's talks and stuff like that um it's run by georgina chatterton one of my employees uh and she is also a, a local comic creator and stuff like that but the scene is really good it's really impressive and um a lot of good talent coming out so mm. as a you say as an illustrator as well, yep, and a writer as well. Mm-hmm. What is your advice to young people that is wanted to create a comics, a character, a superheroes? What What is your advice to them? Well, creating a superhero comic is hard, <laughs> and there are so much of it out there. If you want to work for Marvel and DC, that is such a hard mission to do. You know, they have like you'd have to be in the game forever doing doing it. But my advice, like for people who want to create comics these days, and even if it's superheroes and stuff like that, is self-publish first. Get online, start create a web comic. Web comics are free to create. You know what I mean? You, you, get, a, you get an account, and then and then you create your comic. If your comic is good, and people want to follow it, they will start following it. You know what I mean? You, so you've got no, you've got no, um, there's no outlay, there's no risk. Mm-hmm. You create your web comic. If your web comic is good enough, and you're like, wow, this is going really good. Then do a self-published print run, and you print them yourself, and then sell them. If you sell out in your your print run, then maybe start like approaching um, a lot uh, comic book companies and stuff like that. A lot of people these days though like make a lot of money just from doing self-published stuff. And then later on, the comic companies come to them and ask them to like to have like some of their older work published, like stuff like. Uh, there's stuff like uh, Sunstone and stuff like that. They were like, originally online and then they gone on to do um, that. Um, Nimona, which is um, uh, Nolly Stevens, Stevenson, Stevens. She is, um, she start, Nimona started as a webcomic. Now it's like, like our second or third highest graphic novel um, selling. Um, yeah, so my advice is to start, start online, start as a webcomic, self-publish, go from there. Because if your comic's good, People will start following you online. You know what I mean? Like they, and then there's no risk. You, you, you don't want to like create something, pay for a giant print run, and then realize that no one likes it, and you're stuck with a million copies. So that's kind of the new way people are doing it these days. The self-publishing thing is golden at the moment, especially with such easy ways to print comics these days. Like the old days, man, because I used to make comics, self-publish comics and that. It was like, you know, photocopiers, black and white. No one had colour. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, no one yeah. can afford colour. It was black and white, grey tones and stuff yeah. like that. They were great days. I loved them. It's a but, long time ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 20 years ago, yeah. say. But, um, yeah, so self-publish. That's, that's really your best advice. Um, on the digital side of it, I mean, on the graphic side of it, the drawings, if you just want to be a comic book artist, um, 
My advice to that is obviously if you want to do like yeah, your superhero stuff, you just got to, you're just going to mm-hmm. practice and practice and practice and practice and practice and practice and practice. But like, if you want to create something new and exciting, um, a lot of people when they're younger, when they come in, they're like, "How do you draw? Like, how do you learn to draw?" I always say like, emulate, find the people you love, like your artists that you think are the best, and emulate them. Draw like them, copy their pictures, copy their styles. Because when you're starting off, it doesn't matter. Like, there's no one that you're not selling them. And then as you get on, as you go on, once you get comfortable in your, your, uh, your drawing and, and your abilities, then develop your own style. And I, from that, no one started with their own style. All the best comic book, you know, like people know, like Frank Quietly, the artist, and John Cassidy's and all stuff like that, they would have started copying other people. You look at Mike Mignola and stuff like that. Yeah, they got a really distinctive style. The guy did Hellboy. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. He started off like, if you look at his really, really early comics, they're just really kind of normal. And stuff like that. Um, Frank Miller. He, Frank Miller has a real distinctive style with like, the Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. Yeah. When he started working for DC and when he worked for like Marvel and that, when he punishes and stuff like that, they look exactly just like Marvel comics. They don't even look like his style. So everyone starts off co- emulating their, their heroes and then branches off into their own style eventually. That's great advice. Uh, thank you so much for that advice. That's all right. I can um, talk all day about this <laughs> stuff. You can probably tell. <laughs> uh, aside from that, so... You also have your own podcast. It's a yes. Hack the Dino. Hack the Dino, yes. So, so that, what is Hack the Dino? So Hack the Dino is, uh, has nothing to do with comics. <laughs> okay. so that's um, yeah. It's all video game-based stuff. Oh, so um, okay. basically, I, uh, it's a podcast. It's a podcast, a vodcast or webisodes, whatever they mm. call it. And it's basically video ga- everything about video games. We have like video game news video game reviews, you know, like it's, it's a gaming channel on YouTube basically. So um, it started off as a podcast that we recorded here in the shop um, and it was half and half about comics, but as we went on, um, it just kind of evolved into more of like a gaming thing and now we do live Let's Plays, live streams, you know, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So hack the dino. So check it out if you like video well, game. Yep. So do you think Combus can be a, also a game as well, interrelation? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's 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 all that craft of like you mm. know um, graphics, visuals, dialogue, all melding together. Most films start as storyboards, and storyboards are just basically comics. So like every film starts as a comic. When if you want to think of it like that, you know, storyboards are comic books. They they work the same. They tell the story, and from then then they make their shots from them. Um, so yeah, that all and video games are quite like quite similar. They still storyboard their video games and stuff like that. But yeah, the, but yeah, the, definitely the the style and the people growing up, people now who are growing up who are adults started growing up with comic books. So now it's got this different vibe to it. You know what I mean? Like adults don't think they're stupid things that you know only kids read. Now adults realize how important they are um, to creative people, to, to the creative society, to TV shows, to films. And as I said before, the Marvel films have proven how important they are. They're making the most amount of money for someone <laughs> out there <laughs> ever. So, yeah, comics have definitely have stepped up to the plate. So what do you think in the next five years it's the Greenlight comics? Ha- it's what, what's Greenlight going to do? Well, yeah. I hope we are, we're open. <laughs> um, Greenlight is... Um, um, uh, we're thinking of we're expanding the shop a little bit here. You can see we're in a section here which used to be our events events area, but we're um, we're kind of uh, winding down on some of the events and stuff like that, and um, keeping some of them, the ones that are really successful and really supportive of the shop. But maybe uh, maybe getting some more shelves, getting some more sections, getting mm-hmm. some more stock. 
um, and stuff like that. You know, dreams, someone knocks some walls out as well and put some holes in some walls and stuff <laughs> like that. I have to get permission first. Um, basically, we just we just want to keep growing and just like continually supplying comics with people. We are doubling in the idea of online uh, stores, mm-hmm. um, but that would involve like a lot of upgrading our systems and stuff like that. But we are definitely, it, it is on the cards and it comes up in the meetings and, and stuff like that. Um, as in our shop meetings, <laughs> but yeah, um, but yeah, that is basically it. We just like cruising along. We just want to get as many graphic novels in people's hands as we possibly can, like because then word spreads. Get us a lot of um, young readers into it as well. We really, really, really concentrate on our young reader section. It is a very large section in the shop. Um, it's probably as much younger reader stuff stock we have as superhero stock, uh, because that is where you get them. You get them young, kids start getting into comics, they grow up and they stay with it their entire life. So the more and more people you get into it, the better. So just what last word you want, uh, invite them. Invite them. So, the shop. so thank you very much for this <laughs> opportunity. Um, so come down to Greenlight Comics. We're in Adelaide in 18 Stevens Place, just off the Meyer Centre, uh, just off Rundle Mall down the side of the Meyer Centre. You will be welcomed with a beautiful face, a beautiful employee, and we can help you out in your anything graphic novels, anything comic as well. We can help you out. All right. Thank you so much, Dan. Thank you for... Thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity that, as a guest of our show, thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to be on your show. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. This is another episode of Guerrilla Podcast Fresh Eyes. See you next week again for another exciting topic. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted in Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or via RSS. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. And if you want to know more, check out kangaroofern.com. Kangaroo